XDXFM. Pittsburgh. Break the wall! Recreational sports are huge everywhere, and certainly so here in Pittsburgh. Deck hockey, roller hockey, men's league hockey, softball, even kickball. Rec league sports are all over the place. You know what I hate? I hate when rec league sports athletes have their names on the back of their jerseys. Or t-shirts, whatever. You know why pro athletes have their names on the back of their jerseys? So the paying customers can easily identify them. And so those jerseys can be marketed. Yo, softball geek, you have no paying customers, and marketing your name seems doubtful. And then you got, like, deck hockey players who were number 66 or number 99 or number 87 or number 71. Bro, you are not the Lemieux of deck hockey or Gretzky or Crosby or Malkin. You're probably not even the Coonhawk of a deck hockey. What the frig are you doing with number 66 on your back? Everybody thinks you're a dink. So, hey, all you jerks in rec league sports, wear a normal number and don't wear your name on the back of your shirt. And if you do, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, when I coached deck hockey, uh, age 20 and under, every year I got shirts numbered 1 through 20. If one of those numbers didn't suit you, you could go play for somebody else. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, we talked about the Kickball leagues, apparently flourishing in this fair city of ours, uh, run by something called the Pittsburgh Sports League. And uh, I don't know. I have enough to do. I thought about having a charity kickball tournament, and I've talked before about having a charity miniature golf tournament, which I would win because I'm the absolute king of miniature golf. It, It has to be part two, though. No carnival stuff. No windmills. And clown's mouth. I'm talking about a course where par on every hole is two, like the old putt-putt courses used to be. I think there's one surviving putt-putt course. Well, there's no putt-putt franchise anymore, but I think there's a course, three courses actually, at Monroeville. It's a putt-putt-style par two course. It used to be putt-putt. I would win that, no question. Wouldn't be close. And, uh, But I have too much to do already. I run four deck tournaments here, a couple of those for charity. I would lend my support if somebody else wanted to do it. Uh, for example, the Pittsburgh Indoor Sports Arena in Cheswick uh, tweeted and volunteered its facility for a charity kickball event. I, I don't know. We'll see moving forward. Uh, Paul Steigerwald, excuse me, John Steigerwald, the king of old school, he, he needs to, to take a, a, a Mandrax, a Quaalude or something like that, Xanax, because he tweeted, just turned on the radio and heard Mark Madden talking about kickball. The fact that there are grown men playing kickball in organized leagues is terrifying. Speaks volumes about the wussification of the American male. 
I love John. Love his commentary. Love his Twitter. Love having him on the show. But, dude, you got to calm down. Kickball has nothing to do with the wussification of the American male. It's just kickball. That's all. If it's fun, go ahead and do it. By the way, this sad news just uh, reaching me. Uh, pop singer Ariana Grande and Pittsburgh rapper Mac Miller have broken up. If those two crazy kids can't make it, then what hope is there for the rest of us? Okay, let's go over the uh, events of the day. Bill Kessel didn't talk to the media. That's being treated like the Spanish Inquisition. I think it's superfluous. It just doesn't matter. Where does Andrew McCutcheon fit in on the pantheon of all-time pirate greats? I wouldn't even say top 10 and definitely not top 5. And what do you figure the attendance will be like tomorrow night at PNC Park when Kutch returns? I think Pitt should tell Penn State to take a hike if Penn State ever wants to talk about playing again in football once the current four-game contract expires after the game in 2019. Pitt shouldn't be Penn State's bitch. Penn State will always treat Pitt like that because Pitt needs the game and Penn State doesn't. Pitt should instead try to get a long-term contract, and by long I mean in perpetuity, to play West Virginia because Pitt needs that game more than West Virginia, but West Virginia could use that game as well. And then, of course, we're talking about kickball. So any and all of those topics are up for grabs. Just dial 412-333-WXDX. As far as Phil Kessel not talking, uh, again, I feel dumb for talking about it as much as I have today. Kessel had 221 points in 246 regular season games since joining Pittsburgh. 54 points in 62 playoff games. Won the Stanley Cup twice. He's a bargain with the Penguins only paying him 6.8 mil per year. And that is really all the people need to know. Now, Sullivan, I don't want to say he threw Phil under the bus, but he said his injuries were not significant, whereas Rutherford said Kessel was affected by his injuries. I'm not sure Mike should have said that. I mean, I get it. And maybe him and Rutherford should have talked and been on the same page regarding discussing any of the injuries. Or perhaps they shouldn't have been discussed at all, because now it doesn't matter. Then again, they won't discuss it when it does matter. But, you know, no coach, I, I said this earlier, no coach is going to like coaching Phil Kessel. No current day coach, no coach from any time in the past. Phil would have driven even Herb Brooks nuts. And, well, no, you know what? Herb would have done good with Phil. Herb had Mark Pavlich on the Olympic team and later with the Rangers, who was kind of off the beaten path personality, not a blood and guts guy, would be totally incommunicado a lot of the time. And Herb did great with him. But, but Phil doesn't hit, doesn't block shots. He's not gritty, not systematic, not great in practice. He's the anti-player. No matter how good he is, and he is very good. Coaches are going to go nuts coaching a guy like Phil Kessel. But you have to. You have to 
I, I know Mike Sullivan communicated more with Phil this year than he did last year. Last year, Taka kind of handled that. He was the Kessel Whisperer. But this year, Mike handled it and did very well. Then again, I heard Mike didn't communicate as much with Latang this year and left that to Jacques Martin. Mike does a great job. I'm, I'm nitpicking here, but it's a quandary to coach a guy like Phil. In a lesser way, a guy like Latang too. Latang plays his way. And they'll do what they're told, but sometimes grudgingly. Phil in practice. I know Sully hates Phil in practice. Now, Mario Lemieux was easy to coach because he just did whatever he wanted and got like two points per game. Guys like that, the two points per game really helps a coach to embrace Mario. I remember, here, here's a good story. I hope Mario's listening. When Mario first got in the league, and like the power play would be like 70 seconds in, there would be a whistle, and Mario would want to stay out there for the power play. You could see him like shake his head just a little bit, just a little bit, you know, that he wanted to stay on. Don't take me off. Then by the end of his career, the first career, and again when he came back, he'd just wave the guy back to the bench. I'm staying on. Don't worry about it. And most coaches quickly caught on and just didn't even try to sub him off during the power play, and he would play the full two minutes and, and generally destroy the other team and do something just insane. But that's a one-of-a-kind guy. I can honestly say, Mario Lemieux did not need coaching at all. He was a natural. He knew when to embrace defense. He won the important face-offs. The, the little parts of his game came through when they needed to. Now, there were some nights he'd just go out there and try to get points, and he'd get a lot of them. But he knew exactly what to do and when to do it, and how many people could say that in any sport, in any profession, except me in this one. Now, Sid is easy to coach because I've called Sid the greatest grinder ever, and I hope he's not listening because he hates that. You know what else Sid is? He's the greatest player ever who totally colors inside the lines. He plays the game exactly as it's designed. He's a coach's dream. He The X's and O's part, he's so by the book, but he gets it done over and over. Like, you don't need, like, Mario was so spontaneously creative. Sid's not quite in a league, not near in a league, really, in that department with Mario. But who needs creativity when you can shoot the backhand a 1,000 miles per hour? Again, colors within the lines does it better than anybody. Let's go to Steve in Mount Lebanon. Steve, you're on with Double M. What's up, Mark? How you doing? What's up? What's worse uh, in a re recreation adult Sports, the guy who shows up in Crosby's or Malkin's shirt or the guy who shows up wearing 69? I was just going to say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. The worst is the guy who wears number 69 in any sport. Am I right? Uh, yeah, and I mean, especially when they think that they're the only guy who's ever thought of that. Idea. Right, right. You, you know what? When I coached the 20 and under, you know what I used to, and I shouldn't have done this because the adults shouldn't mouth off the kids. After a while, I got one of my players to do it. If we played a guy where number 69, I'd say, hey, is that your IQ or something you're never going to do? <laughs> Often I would think it would be the second thing. Or both. Let's go to Dave in North Versailles. Dave, you're on with Double M. Hey, that last caller was awesome. But uh, I just I don't know if I speak for every <laughs> casual or former casual pit fan, but I lost a lot of interest whenever – 
they made the coaching and office changes and uh, for, and lost the Virginia game in a short period of time. It just kind of lost my interest a little bit. I don't you, you know, you're, you're right. Uh, the same goes for me as well. When they, yeah. uh, when they had all the different football head coaches from Wanstead and still now, and I think this guy's a jerk. Uh, 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 well, with Pitt. Narduzzi, I, mean, I just don't like him. It, with Pitt, if you're going 8-4, and four, that's nothing to be upset about, you know? No, 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 like, no. I mean, I think he's probably too. a pretty good coach. I just think he overestimates the impact of college football in a pro sports town. And, yeah, uh, but they, they, you're right, they had all those coaching changes. They lost Dixon. That turned me off of basketball. The Pete started to be that empty. Too. They had that, Scott Barnes, was just a despicable human being, the AD before Heather Like. You, you know what all those jerks that were in charge, like Scott Barnes and, and, and the changeover from Dixon, all the coaches did Swanee, it got me used to not going. It got me used to not caring. And you're right, dropping the West Virginia rivalry and the Penn State rivalry, that's that's way back then, more so lately, dropping the West Virginia rivalry uh, made me lose interest. You're right. I used to go to oh, Pitt football games all the time. Yeah, and what else, too, is that it used to be just a simple, fun atmosphere, and now it's just a bunch of... Well, you, know, you know what part of it is for me? How, how old are you, Dave? 33. I'm 57, all right? Yes, sir. I know that I only have so many days left... And I'm not going to waste time on something I don't love. Okay? You know what I do instead of going to to, pit, to a pit football game? I watch more English Premier League soccer on Saturdays. I listen to UFO more. I watch a movie I haven't watched in a while that I love. You know, watch. When your time starts ticking down, buddy, you'll get exactly the same way. My late mother said to me when I was a lot younger, as you get older, your interests will narrow dramatically. And so they have, and I just don't have time for pit football. Like, I keep up just to, you know, talk about it on this show. I'll be blunt. I probably don't do a very good job at it. Let's go to a break. We went way too long. It was like the DV morning show when I'm on. Way too long, that segment. And we got Bob Lilly, the uh, new head coach of the undefeated Pittsburgh Riverhounds. You know, I said Tuffy Schallenberger, the owner of the Riverhounds, good guy, friend of mine. I, I said to him, like, for the past three years in a row, Tuffy, what we need to get people interested in soccer is a good start to the season because the Riverhounds would always stumble out of the gate. Four wins, three draws, and seven games. Five shutouts. Not too bad. That's Bob Lilly, the Riverhounds coach at the bottom of the hour, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I'll throw that person off the stage. Uh, hey, Mark. Love the I'll be here for you just like you've always been here for me. VX at 105.9. Tonight's Nashville and uh, Winnipeg Game 7 at Nashville. Mike Fisher, who came out of retirement at midseason to play for the Predators, is a scratch. They say he has a lower body injury. But I bet he's not playing because he stinks and they wish he hadn't come back. And that's the truth. You know, when the, when the club legend wants to come back, how do you say no? But maybe they should have. Uh, I got a lot of tweets about the Cobra Kai series on, on YouTube. I haven't watched any of it yet. I, I just can't bring myself to watch stuff on, on online, except for sports events once in a while. It's like that series on Amazon, The Man in the High Castle, which is a, uh, a story based on the U.S., the Allies, losing World War II. I heard it's brilliant, but I just don't watch stuff online. I guess I should start. I'm amazed that they don't put those series on DVD for old, for old-time Jerks like me. And Cobra Kai, by the way, it's getting great reviews. 
and it just got renewed for a second season. I imagine Johnny Lawrence and Danny uh, Danielson need the money. Actually, in, in the series, I, Danielson like owns a bunch of car dealerships based on having won the All Valley Karate Championship. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. We're going to have a River Hans coach. Bob Lilly at the bottom of the hour. Uh, not too much to talk about Penguins-wise. Uh, I think Sherry's probably going to be traded. I think they would consider trading Rust or Haglin, but not both. Haglin's a left wing, better four-checker, better PK. One more year on his deal. Rust uh, is going to be a restricted free agent and do uh, a bit of a raise. Curious to see how the team comes together, but again... The guys who you know for sure are going to be there, that's a nucleus that you could fill in around and be very successful. Oh, this just in. This just in. Well, hold on. Was he on Cobra Kai? Oh, he did make an appearance finally? We're going to be joined by Martin Cove on the show pretty soon. Not today, but in the near future. If you don't remember who Martin Cove is, he is the original sensei, John Kreese of Cobra Kai. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. Now, I, how can I not watch it if he made an appearance? I wonder if he's a heel or a baby face, if, if like, he's turned good in the 20 years. Or is it 30 years? My God, it's a lot. It's 30. Oh. I'll be dead so soon. Let's go to Rick in Swickley. Rick, you're on with Mark. Thank you for taking my call, Mark. First of all, your mother was absolutely correct. Um, I'm about your age, and everything is seeming to narrow. Um, uh, you, you know I what? Like Actually, you know who talks about this? And I only find out about this right now, so I didn't I didn't copy, even though I am a big fan and listen to him, is Colin Coward. Colin Coward calls it pruning the interest tree. And that's an excellent way to put it. But go ahead. Absolutely agree. Um First, on the West Virginia um, backyard brawl renewal, I, I'd love to see that because it's close. I don't have to travel three hours and not have a place to stay or, you know, not get into a restaurant. It, it's a thing, hot it rivalry, but it's, I don't want to say a friendlier rivalry, but, but with Penn State, those people act like their excrement doesn't stink, and I think it's been proven recently that it really does stink, and they made a movie about it not too long ago. Whereas West Virginia, they're a bunch of corn pone hicks, but they know it. And they know we're a bunch of, you know, small-town people who pretend we're in a big town. We have our flaws. Each knows the other. Let's get it on. Right. Um, now, my logic may be a little off on this, but Penn State and Pitt are both part of the Pennsylvania State University system. So by Penn State not renewing that rivalry, are they not screwing the state of Pennsylvania? No. That game at Kine no. two years ago? Not at all. You don't think so? No, that has nothing to do with the, with the I mean, you know, I, mean, I, don't I, I know it sells on Heinz Field, you know, and, and brings money into the economy, but that happens once every other year. I, I just don't think it's a big deal. And if Pitt had a better program and had other rivalries and could sell out based on that, put it this way. The low attendance at Heinz Field for Pitt football games is not Penn State's fault. It's Pitt's fault. 412-333-9939. Up next. Oh, wait, let's take this one more. Dwayne in the car. Dwayne, real quick, you're on with Double M. All right. I think everybody needs to just relax a little bit on the Broussard thing. Uh, another center that got traded to Nashville, Kyle Turris, had a very, very difficult time switching out of systems also. So, uh 
I think Derek. Broussard oh, that's right. He went from Ottawa fine. to Nashville. Yep. He I don't think he had Ottawa to Nashville and had I don't think he, I don't think his transition was as difficult, but that's a good point. That Ottawa system, that one three one, that all defense all the time, it's tough to make the old switcheroo from when you go somewhere else. Up next, they are the only undefeated team in the United Soccer League, but they're still third. A lot of draws. That's okay. That's how Liverpool gets them in, themselves in trouble all the time. Four wins, three draws, and seven games. It's the new ho- coach, first year coach Bob Lilly. He's just around the corner on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I am the voice of the voiceless. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, just a thought. What, what the hell are you talking about? The X at 105.9. There is only one undefeated team in the United Soccer League, and it's the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. We welcome now the coach in his first year with the Riverhounds. He is Bob Lilly. Uh, Bob, knowing soccer coaches like I do... I bet what you're happiest about so far is your team's defense. Only three goals conceded in seven games and five shutouts. you got something going good on there, don't you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mark. Uh, guys are they're battling, and, you know, for early in the season, we've made a lot of progress. So we can keep the ball out of the goal. Uh, obviously, add a few more at the offensive end, we should be okay. Now, what's the secret of the D, all those clean sheets? Uh, what do you think you're doing right in your own end? I just think it's it's the whole team's defending. I mean, it starts, Nico Brett's got five goals. He's tied for second in the league, but he works extremely hard. And, and our midfielders got a very talented midfield, and certainly the, the backs are playing well. I mean, Greenspan, who we brought in to kind of lead in the back, has, has missed every game except the first two and he should be back in four to six weeks but we've with him going down you know we've had to rotate guys in and some of the young guys have stepped up so but it's definitely team defending I mean we're uh, our success is, is is as a team especially on the defensive side of the ball now one thing I'd forgotten Bob you played indoor soccer for the Pittsburgh Stingers team back in 94 so you have a brief background here in Pittsburgh don't you Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a fun summer to be here and uh, play at that time. I mean, we were, I don't remember what it was called, whether it was Civic Arena or the Igloo or what it was, <laughs> what it was at that time. I think it was still the, the Civic open. Arena then. Okay. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, just being, being in Pittsburgh and it, it's a cool city and, you know, it's, it almost feels completely different now even than back when I was here in 94. But, yeah, I'm excited to be back. Now, you won the United Soccer League, the USL, as coach of Rochester in 2015. How difficult is it to come to a franchise without much of a track record for success, the Riverhounds, and point things in the right direction? I know you changed the roster a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think it's difficult to win in our league now, period, just because it's a very competitive league, but it's exciting. I mean, the the level's gone up significantly over the last five years, and, you know, there's more and more investment from the owners. We certainly have a a very engaged owner here with Tuffy Schallenberger. Amen. He is, I mean, he's fantastic in terms of trying to build and promote soccer here, so... I mean, I'm excited to be here. I'm used to, you know, I, I started in Hershey with, uh, or 
with in Hershey with an expansion team and I went to Montreal and Vancouver when they were a little bit down. So uh, at this point, I've been in a lot of cities where, where I've gone in to try to change the culture. And uh, I think so far, you know, the players are enjoying it and they're working extremely hard. And, you know, they have high expectations. And I think we owe it to, to the fans. And uh, 19 years, I mean, it's time we, we made some noise. So... Uh, that's all we're trying to do. Now, you mentioned Nico Brett, who leads the team with five goals so far uh, from the midfield. You brought him in from Portland, and his career high for goals is eight, so certainly he's on a pace to eclipse that. Where's that production coming from? What's he What's he doing to get the ball in the net that he hasn't done before? Well, he's getting good service. I mean, I think he knows me, even though it's the first year. We we were we were looking at possibly adding some players at the back end of last year when I was in Rochester and Nico came in and you know he did really well. We just we didn't know if he would help immediately. The other guys had been there all year, knew the system, and uh, we didn't sign him. He's a foreign player. We'd had to done do visas and all this, but. He elected to stay and keep training, even though we weren't signing him. And I told him when when Rochester finished the season, look, I'm bringing you in next year. You're going to have a chance to earn a spot at the beginning. And then I end up in Pittsburgh, and he certainly called and said, Coach, are you going to let me come to Pittsburgh? And I said, well, it's a new (laughs) city, but you're going to have to come in and earn it in preseason. I think the thing about Nico is he's a great human being, and he's not afraid of hard work. You know, and he's hungry, uh, and he just has come in, worked extremely hard, got his chance, you know, after uh, after the first couple of games, and, and he's taken it and run with it. And, you know, he just covers every inch of grass out there, and he's competitive, and he knows where to go. He knows he's got a good nose for the goal, and he's been getting good service. Like I said, I think we have a talented midfield, and, you know, forwards get in good areas. I think there's goals to be had for us. Now, uh, Kevin Kerr is a holdover. He's in his sixth season in Pittsburgh, uh, another midfielder. And it's good to have some stability with a guy like that, isn't there? He's just steady. You know, he's got quality, technical ability. You know, he's he's calm on the ball. He's a great passer. He's good vision, good shot. And, you know, I, I'm just happy, you know, that he's got a team around him now where, I think he's got more good players around him and he doesn't have to carry the load on his own or with one or two others. You know, something I talked to Kevin about is, hey, you know, this team, I need you there. I need your presence there. But we're going to have good players around you and it doesn't just have to be you carrying the load. You have to pick your spots and you know, continue to lead with this group, but but it's going to be, for us to be successful, we have to have other players emerge and, and take bigger roles. And uh, he's been good with the group, and, you know, we're, we're seeing him hit his form right now. He just had a golden assist in, in our last game. So I think he's, he's in a good period right now. Uh, Bob, how have you changed the team's style, the tactics? What are you stressing with the River Hunts? Well, I, I think the biggest thing probably is let's not wait for good things to happen. Let's go out and uh, impose our will, uh, make other teams uncomfortable. Uh, 
you know, we're, we're going to press teams. We're going to, you know, play on the front foot, try to get at teams, but, but also, you know, we're never going to back off. I mean, when we're in good areas to press, we're going to press. Uh, and I, I just think it's a certain mentality that nothing's going to be easy. You're not getting anything for free. Uh, and all night you're going to, you're going to feel us. And I think that's, that's a mindset. I think the guys have bought into that. Obviously, there's lots of things that we still want to work on tactically and uh, in attacking areas or, or certain systems, how we want to defend. But uh, the biggest thing I would say is just bring uh, a collective energy day in, day out, whether it be training or in the games. And, you know, it takes a lot of energy, but I mean, if, if you're not going to work and you're not going to show up day in and day out, you're not going to win things at the end of the day. Well, one thing I'm sure that, that Tuffy's talked to you about, uh, this is the first good start the River Hans have had in, in quite some time. And, boy, for getting people in Pittsburgh interested, I think that was crucial. I'm excited, you know, and I think, you know, we've had a favorable schedule so far, but the big games are starting to come up, and I think we're ready. And, you know, we have a big one tomorrow night against Indy 11 that, uh, you know, they have one of the more talented rosters in the Eastern Conference, just came off of a good win against Louisville, who, who was unbeaten along with us last weekend. So I'm sure they want to try and knock us off the pedestal. But, uh, you know, if we want to be at the top, these are the games we have to embrace and, and go out and get results. Bob, great stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time. We'll see you at the field tomorrow night. Thank you, Mark. Take care. That's Bob Lilly, coach of the River Hans. Four wins, three draws, and seven games. And they host Indianapolis tomorrow night, 7 p.m. kickoff at Highmark Stadium uh, near Station Square. What a great place to watch a game that is. And I understand they host kickball as well. No, it's state-of-the-art. Uh, I just love Highmark Stadium. Looking forward to the game tomorrow night a great deal. 412-333-9939. You know what time it is, don't you? It's time to ask Mark anything. Dial that number. You can ask Mark anything. It really sounds delightful. It, it usually disappoints, but there's no need to, to really talk about that. But ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. Is that a compromise, verbally speaking? Verbally speaking. How stupid is that? What other kind of verbally is there besides speaking? The X at 105.9. Time now to ask Mark anything. My God, this is a long version of ask Mark anything. Ten minutes. Unless I cut it short because we always have a record queued up. It's brought to you by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. The city's best seafood and chop house. It's located in the Strip, so be sure to check out Chapino. I, I wanted to get this uh, mentioned since we talked to Bob Lilly about soccer. Wayne Rooney is going to play for D.C. United in MLS. He's the Man United guy, all-time great for them, which means I hate him. I know he's a name, but is being the retirement league for European greats, is that good for MLS? Uh, Steven Gerrard, the Liverpool legend, played for L.A. Ibrahimovic is there now. David Villa, Kaká, great names. Players used to be great, but it makes the league look second rate. Well, we're not good enough to play in Europe, so welcome to America. Like uh, Ibrahimovic, Zlatan. He did an interview, 
about the leak, and he's very well-spoken. And he said it in very veiled, almost complimentary terms, but he said, the leak sucks, but hey, I'm glad to be here. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. Dig it up. By the way, I'm starting to schedule my vacations. Here's a tough one. I just I just got this booked. Well, most of it, not the flight yet, though. I got to take a three-cornered flight, end of July. Pittsburgh to Detroit for Liverpool and Manchester United at the big house. I got a hotel within walking distance of the big house. But guess how much they charge because they're within walking distance of the big house? 550 a night for two nights. But I'm rich. I can afford that. So I'm going from there. After that, I'm going to fly out the next day to Chicago to see Paul Rogers, ex of Bad Company Free and The Firm in Chicago. Spend an extra day in Chicago, eat at Gibson's like four times, and then head on home. Also going, uh, the White Snake tour starts in June. But most of those are on weekends, except for the one at Star Lake, which is, I think, a Wednesday. But I'm going to Newark to see them. A lot of stuff coming up. I thought last year would be my first, my last year ever for a lot of concerts, but apparently not, because I'm going to see a lot of, a lot of crap. Got to pick out a day to see Deep Purple. Uh, I was going to go see Deep Purple in Philadelphia in, in when is it September? But that's the same week as the Queen residency in Vegas. So I'm going to that. I got to pick someplace to go see Deep Purple. I don't know if you care or not, but. Uh, It's been fairly clearly established that whatever I care about will be talked about on this show. Got to go to Connie Out Lake, too. Let's go to Scooch and Hopewell. Scooch, you're on with Double M. Hey, what up, Big Sexy? What up? Hey, I'm going to Vegas this summer for a bachelor party, and I've never been there. So what are, like, some must-see spots that I need to hit up? Well, you see, the whole town's a must-see spot. You're talking food? You're talking babes? What are you talking? Food, babes. Sports. Okay, sports, just go to uh, the best sports bar in the world is Legacy Stadium at the Palazzo. For babes, go to Sapphire Gentlemen's Club. Ask for disco. Uh, okay. And then uh, for steak, for, for, for Italian, go to Real's at Caesars. For steak, go to the Steakhouse at Circus Circus. I mean, there's a thousand other places, but that's, you know, that's a 101 guy. Let's go to Jake in Green Tree. Jake, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Jake. So I think you've said before that as a Liverpool fan, nothing would make you happier than them winning the Premiership. Right. But do you think winning the Champions League is technically considered a bigger deal? Yes, but we've done it more recently. Okay. We haven't won, I, well, I hate to say this, we haven't won the top flight of English football since 1990. We won the Champions League of 2005. Okay. And have they released anything on who the favorite is for that game? It's Real Madrid. Trust me. They're, they're, yeah, they're favored. AC Milan were favored in 2005, too. And Liverpool came back from 3-0 down to beat them on penalties. AC Milan were favored in 2007 against Liverpool, too. And they won. 2-1. Great game. You know, you know what's great about that game? Liverpool were down 3 nothing at halftime in 05 to AC Milan. And they scored three goals in nine minutes right at the start of the second half and then took it through extra time and won on penalties. Okay? 2007, Milan were up 2 nothing late, and Liverpool scored with five minutes left. 
And you could see in their faces, oh, no. But they hung on. They hung on and won. Worthy winners. In, in 2005, you know how soccer players swap shirts You know, after games? None of these AC Milan players would shop, swap shirts with Liverpool on the field after the game. It turned out when they were head 3 nothing, they already put on the Champions League winner's shirts under their uniforms. So they could take them off at the thing, and they, they couldn't take their shirts off and, and, uh, and unveil what presumptuous a-holes they had bit. They, they like half of them left their, their runner-up medals in the, in the dressing room. That, that was seriously, that's the greatest soccer game ever played. And definitely the greatest soccer comeback ever. Let's go to Darren in Indiana Township. Darren, ask Mark anything. Mark, how you doing? Great. Good. Hey, we love we love the Penguins first, but we also love Mark Andre Fleury, right? So, so we want to see Mark win. So, do we want him to play the Preds or the Jets? I, I'm not. I'm not that. Uh, I want Mark to do well. I'm not rooting for him or them. I, I don't believe in the concept of a mistress team. My team's out now. I'm watching as a neutral observer. I guess if you if you made me pick who I'd like to see win, yeah, I'd love to see Mark win. But uh, but I'm not as emotionally invested as a lot of you appear to be. I said this a moment ago. If Nashville beat uh, Winnipeg tonight, I think Nashville beats Vegas. If Winnipeg wins tonight, I think Vegas versus Winnipeg is a toss up. So root for Winnipeg tonight if you're rooting for for Flurry. Let's go to Chuck in Bethel Park. Chuck, ask Mark anything. Cowboy, what up? What up? Uh, yeah, I just had a real quick question. Have you ever? Uh, I'm going to see a band tonight at Jurgles called Striper. Have you ever seen them? Oh yeah, the Christ, the Christian rock band. Christian rock, yeah. But they, calling like, on you, you make yeah. <laughs> my life complete. Yes, that, that's sir. that's literally the only line of any song they ever did that I know. They're pretty good though. Yeah, they're real good musicians. They're is it is it the original country. lineup? Uh, yeah, it's original lineup tonight. All of them? All of them, yeah. Eight I can't tonight, believe sir. that. Yes, sir. And uh, do they still dress like bumblebees? No, they just, they're they regular now. They don't do the... Opposite. Remember when they did that? They just like they just like Pittsburgh Steelers mascots. They looked like Steely McBeam come to life. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good friends with uh, guys from Winger and uh, Whitesnake and all them, too. So it's pretty cool. They're pretty good friends with Jericho. I, I don't think this is quite the original lineup. Yeah, it's the exact same lineup minus the bass player. The only one that's different is the bass player. He quit. That, that's right. The original, they got Michael Sweet, Robert Sweet, and Oz Fox. Yes, sir. And uh, the, who was the original bass player? Tim Gaines. Timothy Gaines, yeah. And, and he is he dead? The and they got a guy from Firehouse tonight. He's playing. He's a bass player from the, form, from the group Firehouse. Well, I'm sure he'll be very Christian. Uh, let's go to Jack in Dormont. Jack, ask Mark anything. You know, on Wednesday mornings, uh, Inject a little levity when the show's getting more fun on that overstaff show. And I always wonder. What? If, uh, oh, that's a great show. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, but I mean, at the end, it gets a little drawn up. But no, no, let, let, here's what I will say anything I'm on is better. <laughs> so, what, so go ahead. Okay, yeah, but they, they're paying four or five people in I mean, I'm not going to debate the DVE payroll. No, but I'm going to say. Bell once paid for doing two jobs, so... I don't get goodbye. I do think they should fire Bill Crawford. I will say that. Of course, I'm kidding. 
I just find the lyrics to Calling on You. You know what I always get that song mixed up with? What was that song by Jafria? Call to your heart. Very similar. Very similar. Let's go to Phil in the car. Phil, you're on with Double M. Ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, I was just wanted to ask you, uh, if Chris Kunitz were to win his fifth Stanley Cup this year, would he have to be talked about for the Hall of Fame? No. Not at all. He could win five more. He ain't getting in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's no <laughs> knock on Cooney, but Cooney, Cooney's, uh, well, no, he was more, I was going to say he was a support player on those winners. He was more than that. Well, no, actually, when Cooney was, wasn't the support player, when he was a top-line guy, that's when we didn't win. That's a very good point. So blame him. <laughs> exactly. Calling on you. I looked it up. You make my life complete. You give me all I need. You help me through, and I've totally lost the melody. That's your freest song, Call to Your Heart. That's kick-ass. I mean, it's real puffy and flouncy. And John Steigerwald would call it indicative of the wussification of America, that and kickball. See you later.